Chaotic. I am your host, Maria Daniels, and today I am joined by an amazing guest. Uh, we actually got started a couple minutes late because we were just having a good time chatting in the back room, but here we are, and I'm excited. We're going to be talking today about harnessing your belief systems and just the language to really live a fulfilling life, and I'm going to let my guest jump in and kind of tell you a little bit about who she is and what she does, and then we'll get started on the topic. Thank you very much. I really appreciate being here. Um, and you're right, it was a little bit fun to be a couple minutes late into it because we were having fun chatting. So thank you. Um, so I'm Connie Jo Holmes. I'm the founder of BU to be full hypnosis and coaching. And my company name is spelled a little goofy, but that was intentional because my mission is in my company name. I teach individuals uh, the importance of self acceptance and then how to accept yourself. So that's what the BU stands for. And then when you can accept yourself, it's just a little more natural to love yourself. And with those two things, it's um, you're on your way to live a very fulfilled life. So be you to be full. And the reason I spelled it goofy in, in addition to that was because of my mission, but also my secondary message, which is if people looked at it or read it quickly, I wanted it to look like the word beautiful because that's my second message, which is even enhance certain aspects of yourself. You're still beautiful as you are right now. You're just enhancing yesterday's version of you. I love that. And I, I know that was a question I asked you in the background. Like, how do you, how do you say that? Because it does look like beautiful. And I was like, I wonder if that was just like supposed to be beautiful. And I, I love the way that you, that, that you did that. And I mean, I know you said it looks goofy. I, I think it just looks interesting. It makes people go, huh, I wonder what the reason behind that is, which is great as far as marketing goes, right? Because people want to know, like, oh, yes. what, what, what does that actually mean? Like, what, what is, why did you spell it like that? I want to know. Yes. So I, I love that you were talking about self-acceptance and um, loving yourself, because I think those are obviously core values that any of us need to really learn to tap into. And But I, but I do want to ask, because usually there's a personal reason that we kind of learn these things, right, or tap into these things. And I wanted to ask you, how did you personally discover just the power of belief systems and just the language in shaping your life? Yes, that's a great question. And I'm going to be really honest. I stumbled upon it even more so once I became a certified hypnotherapist. I, I should make that clear. Within my business, I'm a certified hypnotherapist, a life coach, a health coach. Um, I also certify others um, in this great specialty of hypnosis. And it was, I, I was lucky in that when I was in, I think it was seventh grade, I had a gym teacher who always used to scream in a good way, like a cheerleading scream, PMA. And that stood for positive mental attitude. And I swear that stuck with me. It really, really did. And so I've always been somebody who I've swayed on the side of being positive and productive with my thoughts. But it was once I was introduced to hypnosis and, the, and then also NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming, that's when it really solidified the importance of the words that we use, our language patterns, and our belief systems. Well, and I think that, that there's a lot of reasons that somebody can 
want to be able to tap into self-acceptance and loving themselves, but what are some core reasons that you have found that really improved people's you know, life journey or their business or their mindset or all those things? Because I really love what you said about that positive mental attitude. And I think that is so simple, yet it actually is so you know, important to be able to kind of tap into that, that, that idea. How did, you know, how do you really work with people to be able to do that? Uh, the belief system specifically? Yeah. Yes. No, well, you mentioned, you know, the hypnosis and the NLP and all those things, and then having that in full circle with the belief systems and self-acceptance, like how do you kind of bring that full circle with transforming lives that, of the, the uh, clients that you work with? I sort of say patients, but you probably call yours yeah, yeah, definitely clients. So yeah, not medical for me. Um, so what um, what I do is, uh, so whether I'm wearing my coaching hat or my hypnotherapist hat, um, at the end of the day, I would probably say it's always a coaching hat. And then, you know, it just depends on the tool that I need yeah. to pull out of my, my resource bag, right? Um, but I really listen to them. I listen to the words that they use. And so often, and now you guys all do this too, just listen to your friends talk, your neighbors, whatever. And probably more often than not, you're going to hear them say, well, I don't want this in my life and I don't like this. And I, you know, all these don'ts and can'ts and yeah. that type of thing. And I'll just listen to them for a while and then I'll just pause them and I'll say, do you realize that you just shared with me everything that you don't want? But my question was, what do you want? And you answer that and what you don't want. And right there is the beginning stage of correcting, you know, that thought pattern and then the words that we use. Well, and I think a lot of people maybe don't realize how to verbalize that. And I think I, I've, I've had the same experience and I've probably answered the same way, honestly, if I was to be honest with myself sometimes, because sometimes I think when somebody asks you that, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't, you know, I don't know. And so you start kind of like marking up the things that you know you don't want. But I do think it's important to kind of go through that process and work with somebody like yourself that is able to kind of pull that full circle and go, okay, well, you don't want those things. Well, let's kind of, let's remove that from the list. And let's focus on what, what do you want? You know, how do you want to feel? And I think sometimes that can be a big question for people if they've never really fully thought about it, or maybe they've never been asked. Um, I know for a lot of people, there are a lot of obstacles to living that love yourself, self-acceptance life. What are some obstacles that you typically run into in your practice? Yeah. You know, it's funny because no matter why someone comes to see me, um, it pretty much at the end of the day, it will be found out that uh, it will discover that at the root of so much, people have that limiting belief that they are not enough, you know? And sometimes that's phrased in different ways. Sometimes they'll just say, I don't feel enough. Sometimes it comes across as I'm not worthy. I'm not deserving. I'm not lovable. But no matter how you shake it out, it is, you know, I am not enough. And I actually, with my hypnosis, I am specially trained in a modality about reframing negative emotions. Oh. And one of the last steps that we do with that is to, um, you know, remove those limiting beliefs. And probably 9.9 .9 out of 10 people, their limiting belief is I am not enough. And it's just amazing how that can show up and how debilitating that that truly can be. Absolutely. Well, and I know a lot of our listeners are moms 
and um, most of the them are also like mom entrepreneurs. So, you know, um, I'm a mom, I'm an entrepreneur, and I can tell you from experience that there are many, many days where I feel like I'm not enough and I can't do enough and I can't keep up enough and there's just there's not enough hours in the day. How many of these things do we say? And you know, I think social media is a tool that we use for great things. And there's a may I use it for business and also like sharing inspirational things, but we can also accidentally fall into letting it really tap into that limiting belief that we're not enough. Is that something that you find is pretty common? Do you work mainly with women or like who is most of the people that you work with particularly? When I started my practice, it was mainly women, but now it's, it's probably about 60, 40, 60% oh, women, 40% awesome. men. It's kind of funny how that, that does evolve. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, so one thing I really encourage people, get vulnerable. I want to go back just two minutes ago when you were sharing about how, wow, if I'm really honest with myself, maybe I answer questions and what I don't want. What I, I wanted to jump in and tell you, you know what? I had my own butt kicked with this a few years ago because I actually hired a business coach. And this was when I had my business as my side hustle. And I wanted nothing more than to make it my full-time business, which it is now. But so I hired her to help me with that. So she asked me, what do you want? And I had, and I'm in this space. Yeah. And I answered it with, you know, well, I don't want to fail. I, you know, like all these, yeah. I don't. And she just busted my chops and she called me out on it. And it was like, wow, that is amazing. So that's why I actually do that with my clients because it's that gentle kind of slap in the face that you need. But, you know, then you stop and you reflect on everything that you just said. So a lot of times just being called out on it in the moment in a very mm -hmm. loving, kind way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Being called out on it in the moment is enough to wake you up and to realize how limiting that is. And therefore, even on your own, you, you stop that language pattern. But so on that note, um, I really suggest getting vulnerable because if you really have those low days as a mom and a working mom and you just can't do anything right and stuff like that, you'll find if you start sharing that with your friends and your neighbors, they're right there with you. You know what I mean? So then that starts to take down that... Um, level of expectation, this crazy high level of expectation that we, especially as moms, do put on ourselves. So that's one thing. The other thing, you know, you mentioned social media. I do do a lot of workshops and things like that in, in retreats. And so whenever I have a group of people, I love to do two exercises. And because one thing with social media is we compare, you know, we just simply compare ourselves. And I'll hand out um, some pennies. Like I'll just have, I have this like collection of, you know, this jar of pennies. So I'll hand them out to everybody. And then I'll say, all right, now it's, I hand out these pennies. It's time to look at them. And I'll say, you know, with that small collection you have in your hand, you might see some that are shiny and brand new. And you might see some that are like run over. They might even have that green gunk in it and stuff like that, you know. And, and, and so we could, so these pennies in a way can represent us, you know, maybe we're shiny and brand new. Maybe we've been run over a couple of times, you know, maybe we're, you know, so deformed that we don't even know what, what the original root is anymore. Um, but at the end of the day, if we were to take these pennies and go to the bank to exchange them for equal value or buy something, they all have that same value. And that is the exact same case with us. You know, um, the other thing I do, too, is 
I'll, I'll show a picture of dogs and, you know, just a huge variety of dogs. And I'll say, what do you see on the screen here? And, you know, the, the answers range from, you know, dogs, puppies, heaven, love, you know, all these beautiful yeah. things. And then um, I'm like, yeah, you know, you're right and stuff. I said, but I said, if I was to show a picture of humans and you were right there front and center, I said, how would you look at that picture? You know, and you know, and more often than not, we would look at it and be like, oh God, I need to lose 10 pounds. Oh my gosh, my nose is pretty big. Or, you know, like whatever we do, we tend to cut it apart. And it's like, why can we not get into the habit of, you know, looking at ourselves the same way we would, we would a dog? You know, we don't look at that, um, you know, English bulldog and be like, oh my God, look at those short legs and that smashed yeah. nose. And, you know, look at that big old Labrador with those long ears. You know, we don't do that. We see that for the beautiful collection that we are. And I really, I just would love to see all of us humans, especially women, do the same with us when we, you know, absolutely. see ourselves next to others. I, I, absolutely. I'm right there with you. And I mean, I do good most of the time, but I do have my moments and I catch myself when I do, I'm like, nope, we're not doing that. And I, you know, you get in those, those accidental loops, I think sometimes, even when you've kind of gone through your own healing journey to come out on the other side, you're always having to kind of do a little bit of maintenance. But now I do want to ask you that for people that maybe are just kind of getting into this self-acceptance journey and, um, you know, loving yourself more journey, what are some steps that they can take to be able to start to kind of change and transform? Yes. Um, well, since we just were on the heels comparing ourselves, you know, that is probably one of the very first things is just absolutely stop that comparing. I did publish a book a couple of years ago and a direct phrase I have in there is, um, you know, comparison is the gateway to depression, you know, yeah. so, you know, absolutely knock that off. Um, yeah, and just realizing, you know, that we all have our own strengths and weaknesses and and just a really quick thing with this. And I know this is talking about looks a little bit and, and it's, it's comparison is a lot, a lot more than that. But when I was in school, I'll turn sideways for those that are on the camera, but I've got, you know, the bump on my nose. And when I was in school, I was always called ski slope. I was made fun of and my I was ski slope was my nickname. And I remember when I got to high school, I thought, all right, the minute I graduate, I'm going to get a nose job. I'm tired of this. Well, you know what? I grew to absolutely love my nose and I realized it's me and it's my personality, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so that's just one example to realize that a lot of times it's our quirky little temperaments, but also like little quirkiness about, you know, how we look and stuff like that. Those are the things that actually make you beautiful. And really, really remembering that. So, um, so that's one of the things is to definitely, you know, stop the comparison because, you know, there's just in, in a world full of individuals, um, comparison makes absolutely no sense at all. <laughs> I really agree. Well, and it really doesn't. I mean, and I think a lot of people will say that, right? Like, oh, like, well, I can't even remember who made the statement, or I guess it was a question, but pretty much put it out there that said that how boring would the world be if we were all exactly the same? And we all agree, like, yeah, they would be so boring. But then we all do have these little things that we pick on, you know, about ourselves. And I know um, years ago when I used to do a lot of just like women's um, fitness classes and stuff, I also worked a lot on mindset and stuff as well with them. And one of the exercises that we would do is I would you know, pass around pieces of paper and a pen, and I would have them write one compliment about everybody in the circle. 
And it, it was funny, like, reading them, because there were so many times the compliments were the, the things that people were so self-conscious about, yeah. like, um, and it was just interesting to kind of watch that, because we, we don't never know, really, how somebody else is kind of seeing us through their eyes, and we're usually the most critical about ourselves, and I think if we could kind of take a step back and look at ourselves from a a uniqueness, I think that would go a long way. I think, I think that is, you know, great, great words of wisdom that you're sharing with us today. Um, do you have any examples maybe of, you know, maybe some clients, obviously I know you can't give like specific names and <laughs> stuff like that, but do you have high level, you know, of story maybe that you could share with us of, you know, utilizing this type of a, of a, uh, I guess, journey to be able to kind of change their life? Yes, yes. Um, I do work with so many in this space, so I want to think of one in particular. Um, you know, probably definitely with the reframing negative emotions. That's a really good one because one thing with that, and this somewhat ties back to your last question about, you know, ways to build our self-esteem and self-confidence. One other thing, there's several things, but one other I did want to share is a lot of times it's important to remember that things happen to us but yeah. they don't have to define us. You know, I think so often something cruddy might happen in our life, uh, even if it's a season of our life. And and we really take that on and we decide um, that we want this to, to define us. And then we go about living our life in that manner instead of looking at it that, you know, this was just something that happened to me and I can learn and I can grow and evolve from it, um, being vulnerable and sharing it with others and, and that type of thing. But on that note, um, now connecting back to your most recent question about a client, um, yeah, the, the reframing negative emotions is so effective because most people that I'll run through this protocol, they're really coming because they're like, I I just feel stuck, you know, and, and they yeah. can't quite describe the stuck, where it came from when it started or anything, but they're just stuck. And, you know, and, and just, you know, those on camera, like, you know, my body language is like, oh, just heavier and just like planted and it's hard to move forward. And so they end up finding out that, you know, they, these seeds, if you will, these, these unproductive belief systems got planted into them in childhood over, you know, when you look at it now with your current eyes, looking back on these events, you're like, oh my gosh, that was really silly. Wow. I, I, you know, I allowed that to define me. But part of the reason why that can happen is because how I explain it is, you know, if an event happened to us when we were five years old, you only have your five-year-old little psyche to understand how to deal with that, yeah. you know? And so therefore, when you're able um, in general to go back and look at it, but especially under hypnosis, when you're able to go back and look at these events with your current wisdom, current life experience, that type of thing, you can actually look at it with a brand new perspective and to see really kind of the truth in the matter. And then you're able to take that learning and apply it to your life now, move it into the future. And then with that learning, it's easier to then let that negative emotion and that belief system to stay back in the past where, you know, it, it just doesn't serve you anymore. So with some of the clients, you know, just 
like they'll describe it like, you know, just this heaviness on them, you know, like carrying around just this burden on their shoulders. And then, and it's hard to put in words, but really how they describe it is like, I'm, I'm just lighter. I'm brighter. I feel just more confident. I, I don't have this, um, you know, this weight holding me down anymore. And then, you know, with that, you know, they're, they're more confident. They feel free. Um, you know, they, they don't have that fear inside of them anymore. They, you know, become curious individuals, that type of thing. I, I think there's a lot of people that can really relate with that idea of feeling stuck and heavy. And I think most of us have been there <laughs> before. I know I have. I'm sitting there listening. I'm like, oh, I can remember feeling stuck and like, oh, mm -hmm. I don't even know, you know, how to not feel like this at this moment. Because when you are stuck, you also feel like, well, like you said, heavy, but also like almost like you're blinded to how to even get out of that yourself, which is why you need to reach out. For somebody else to kind of walk you through those moments so it's almost like being in like a super dense fog while you're standing in quicksand <laughs> you know? it's, it's you know it can be super tough um i know titling this with a belief system i knew that a lot of people may you know have questions on you know what does belief systems actually mean so i, I wanted to ask from your perspective how would you define belief systems quote unquote and why do you think it's so important to uh, help determine the quality of somebody's life? Yeah, yeah, it's a great, great question. Well, to me, you know, a belief system is that, that thought, that memory, that perspective that you are going to claim and you're going to own. Like, this is my belief. And a lot of times our beliefs either serve us or they don't serve us. And you know, so going back to, you know, not feeling worthy or not being confident or having self-esteem, like limited self-esteem, those are examples of very limiting beliefs. And again, a lot of times these just happen from, you know, just, just previous experiences that we've had or whatnot that we allow to then define us. So, yeah, so to me, I just think that's how I would define a belief system is something that we have, you know, rooted, planted in our minds and our, our makeup, I guess, yeah. that, that really at the end of the day rules our world, you know, and I actually have a series of books coming out and it's titled openness. And it's all about a different perspective on things because, and that's why I share that is because with belief systems, I think when we can expand our mind and have a different perspective on things, that is what can start to challenge our belief systems so that we, you know, can, can really grow as a person, especially if it was a limiting belief system. Absolutely. Well, and I think most of us grow up with limiting belief systems. And I mean, limiting not in a negative way. I mean, limiting as in we're only going to be able to experience what we've experienced, right? We're only going to know what we know. And so sometimes if we're not, you know, kind of reaching out, learning new things and being open, as you just said, then we're going to stay kind of stuck and limited. And, you know, I think that's why it's so important to, you know, have discussions with people and, and you know, have and kind of go outside of your comfort zone on things. Like, I think it's so important to do those things, because if not, you're only getting the perspectives that you've always got. <laughs> you know? I think that's so important. When do your books come out? Uh, hope well, definitely this month. Not hopefully okay. they come out this month. It's on okay. the very yes. last episode. <laughs> um, you know, with what you just said there, I wanted. Um, I've actually created my own YouTube videos on this, but I, because on the heels of what you said about changing a perspective mm -hmm. and really like kind of expanding your mind, to me, it is all about curiosity, 
And I think there are people that are born naturally curious and some that maybe aren't so much, and that's fine. But a way to grow your curiosity muscle is to incorporate wonder thinking. Yeah. And, you know, depending on where you're at in your life, but, you know, so if you've got that corporate job and you're middle management and you have a desire to climb that corporate ladder, you know, start to say things like, I wonder what it would feel like to have that corner office. I wonder what it would feel like to, uh, you know, lead a team of 25 people. I wonder what it would feel like to, you know, make X amount of dollars a year or whatever it is. And it's such a simple little phrase, but wonder thinking expands your mind and opens that curiosity. And then when you have curiosity, your fear falls to the side, um, or at least it's significantly reduced. And then your belief systems start to open because, you know, that fear isn't sitting there as, you know, that that guard dog, if you will. And so that alone is a great way to start to expand so much in your life, wonder thinking. I love that. And as the kid that was the curious kid that now is the curious adult, yes. <laughs> I'm eating that every bit of that up. So I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm glad that I am the way that I am. Um, you want to kind of tie in kind of the, the aspect of language here because um, language is so important, you know, and I wanted to ask how does language that we're using kind of on a day to day basis, both, you know, externally and internally, how does that really affect and impact our reality? Oh, so much. Um, so there's some words that I'm normally not a real hard and fast person. I'm a little bit, you know, more some gray areas and stuff. However, there are some things that that I think we can benefit from, from having some hard and fast rules. And some of them are these words. One word immediately to take out of our language is the word try. And this is something that, that I actually learned from my business coach. And I'm going to tell you, I still use this word once in a while. I, I am seen on my YouTube videos, like talking and I'll say, try. And even on the video, I'll be like, it's almost like I reach out and grab the word, yeah. like, nope, I, nope. I didn't mean try. And then I'll rephrase it um, because try is just an excuse word. You know, think about the last time you held a, um, a party or something like that. And someone said, I'll try and make it. I'll, I'll try and be there. They never showed up, you know, because I've probably, said that I'll try because I already know I'm, I'm not because it's at 9 p.m. and I'm in bed. <laughs> exactly. You know, so but think about how many times in our life where we think like, I'll try and, you know, yeah. start that routine tomorrow or whatever. So try is just a garbage word. Get that out immediately. Um, you know, the word, you know, don't, you know, because yeah. focusing on what we want versus what we don't want. Um, so getting that word gone, the word just, the word just diminishes, you know, like, oh, you know, oh, it's just Connie. I'm, I'm just, I just want to take a few minutes of your time. You know, it's just me. And it's like, no, it's not just me. It is me, and I would like to have five minutes of your time. You know, it, it kind of somewhat takes your your power back a little bit. One thing, and I I, I want to point this out because I said this when I was using the word try, and I was talking about when I do YouTube videos, and I'll still catch myself. So one, it's very important to notice when you're saying things that are not productive. And I'm not just saying positive here. I'm purposely saying productive, you know, positive and productive versus negative and unproductive. But I encourage people to notice it. But then almost like, and this is homework I actually give my clients, um, almost like picturing yourself flipping a light switch and flip that light switch up, 
And then when you do that, because one, that's just like a, a visual like alarm for you almost. And then once you do that, rephrase that because that's what is training your brain for that change. It's not just thinking, oh, I just said just, but it's correcting and rephrasing that sentence because that's a great way for that reinforcement. And, and I think that I'm sitting there trying to think like, how often do I say those words? I'm not sure. I guess I'll have to start paying attention now because I mean, you're, you're right. Like a lot, a lot of the times we end up saying these words and they are, they're garbage words. And I think they're habits a lot of times. I, I, you know, I think we pick up some of these words out of habit and then we just keep, keep saying them. Um, but you know, if, if somebody's just kind of starting again on this journey, what are a few actionable steps that they can take today, right? To be able to start to harness that power of belief systems and, you know, positive language to be able to live a more fulfilling life. Because if they haven't been doing any of these things before now, that can seem like a gargantuan task, but what are a few actionable steps that they can take today? I think for anyone who is feeling just stuck in, in any way, whatever that means to you, I encourage people to just pause, just pause and reflect for a moment and think, I'm feeling stuck. Where am I feeling stuck? How long has this been going on? You know, just to, you know, peeling that onion and getting to the root of it. Because once you can get to the root of it, then you can better understand it. And then, you know, wherever that root led you to, you're sitting there looking at it and then being very honest with yourself, doing some really good self-reflection. You know, what was my role in here? What, uh, you know, because sometimes we're the victim, sometimes we're the instigator, sometimes we're the lazy observer, whatever it might be, but really being honest with ourselves and then deciding, okay, this is where I'm at, but this is where I want to be. And then, you know, identifying, you know, what it takes to get there, but then being realistic with yourself, because maybe during that self-reflection, we're seeing some of these negative patterns, these negative um, and unproductive belief systems, because, you know, our thoughts create emotions, emotions create behaviors, and our behaviors create our life, you know, and so we can really trace so much back to our initial thoughts. You know, are we sitting there feeling stuck, saying to ourselves, but of course I'm stuck. I always get to this point and I just don't get any further. You know, of course I'm stuck because, you know, I'm just, I'm worthless. I, I just, I'm never successful, you know, and, and that's part of that self-reflection. That's part of sitting with something long enough. We don't want to run away from things. It's, it's because we run away from things that, situations keep happening to us. It's because we never got in that uncomfortable gunk and sat with it long enough to really realize what's going on here um, and realize it long enough to learn from it. And then when we do that, like I said, we're going to find out that our thoughts were probably just, you know, garbage at the beginning and making that commitment to start to change you know, um, those thoughts that will change your emotions. And then just like I said, one little trick to doing that is when you catch yourself, whether it's a word you say out loud or whether it's a thought you have in your head, but just immediately notice it, flip that light switch and don't just rethink it in your head, but you know, reframe it in your head, you know, to have it be a very productive um, thought and word pattern that you're using. 
I love that. And I, I love the aspect of reframing. I, I use that all the time because, you know, actually what you just said, oh, of course this is what happened. I have to be like, nope, I have to flip myself all the way back around. Oh, of course, you know, because it, it's, it's instant, like, get, like, like knee-jerk reaction sometimes when something happens in a way that we don't want it to happen, <laughs> you know. Yes. But I love that, the idea of reframing, and I use that as a tool in a lot of ways. Um, I don't know if you classify it as a tool. I typically classify it as a tool. But I was going to ask about tools. Is there any tools or maybe books or resources? I know you mentioned your book and your YouTube channel, so I, I would mention those as well. But for, you know, to recommend for people to kind of dive in deeper on this topic, if they're listening to this, um, either, you know, on the replay, live replay or on the podcast, um, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I really need to do better at this because we all can do better, right? Um, we always do better. This kind of thing is something that it's, it's, I always told people when I kind of started my own mindset journey, it's, it's kind of like one of the gen. You don't just go and you're like, all right, I'm fit now. I'm good forever. It's something that you continuously work at. And, you know, if so depending on who's listening, if you're just starting this journey or if they've been on it for a while or are needing like a little tune up, do you have any tools, resources, books or whatever that you would recommend them to look up? I, I do. Um, and I want to hold me to come back to this because you okay. said that, um, you know, we're not perfect. And I have to tell you, I, I live and breathe this space and I still catch myself, you yeah. know. So it is a practice and it's and especially if, if it's something that you've been doing for a while, you know. But again, that's part of being vulnerable, right? Yeah, Even absolutely. though I live and breathe this, I still once in a while will say just, I'll still say try. Yeah. I still can fall into a downward spiral if things are just, you know, not feeling the best. So I have all of these things too. It's just now that I'm rem I'm reminding myself to get out of that a little bit quicker and to catch myself. Um, and one way that I, I do that is I... I have a practice of gratitude, which I would like to, you know, come back to with yeah. that. And also the belief of, um, I, I like saying this phrase lately of living in acres of abundance versus the land of lack, you know, just kind of having those little blanket bookends, if you will, as far as to remember for your, your thought practice thought process. So abundance versus lack, but with the books, oh gosh, you know, I am an avid reader and I read so much. Um, so you would think- Yeah, I kind of put you on the spot here. So if you can't remember the names, that's fine. Cause usually I'll know out lots of things until somebody asks a question and then everything I've ever known <laughs> out of my head. So no pressure. <laughs> well, no, no, it's fine. But you know what? So, so I'm going to answer this with this. Okay. When people ask me about books, there's two. Well, I should say three because now mine's one of them, right? <laughs> but um, uh, mine has worksheets and things like that in it too, a uh, self-reflection because I've been talking about that. But um, the two books that I always used to recommend until I published mine, one was Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers. She has some good exercises in her books too. It's I just thought it was a fabulous book. I've recommended that to so many people. Fear, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers. The second one is I Will Not Die an Unlived Life by Donna Markova. So D-A-W-N-A Markova, M-A-R-K-O-V-A. I Will Not Die an Unlived Life. Those two books, but especially I Will Not Die an Unlived Life. Oh my gosh, that one just talked to me and it poked well, me the whole time. I, I, I just read that down. I haven't read that um, because the title speaks to me because I think I think a lot of people get to this point in their lives it, and that that's my biggest thing, right? I don't, 
I don't, it's not the money, the car, the house. It's not that I don't, I want to actually fully make sure that I'm living. And, you know, that is, I think on, on everyone's mind once they get to a certain point. And, you know, I think that, that, that sounds like a book. I'm definitely, I'm going to get that one <laughs> for sure. Right. What, what is the title of your, I know you've got the new ones coming up. You said you wrote another one too, uh, but you didn't mention the title of it. Actually, um, my published book that I have right now is, okay. uh, it's after my company name, but I spelled it correctly. So okay. it's a book, but it's yeah. called Be You To Be Full. Okay. Uh, the subtitle is Learn the Art of Self-Acceptance for a Life of Confidence and Fulfillment. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And, and your, have, your YouTube channel? Well, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, uh, my YouTube channel, um, it is be you to be full hypnosis okay. coaching. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to check that out as well. And you, um, do you just come on and kind of chat about some of these topics on there? Or? I do. I come up with a Monday morning motivational video. Okay. Um, I, I have like around 150 videos, I think. And yeah, they range on topics. I'll talk about fear. I'll talk about the importance of personal values, uh, just all sorts of things. And I try to keep them around, you know, 10 minutes or so yeah. just to kind of a so quick like bite-sized chunks. And now I think that's great. I'll have to check that out. I know, you know, we mentioned this earlier that this is something that is an ongoing journey for everyone, even if they're in the space. I've talked to a lot of coaches that are in directly in that mindset space that say the same things. It's something you have to continuously be practicing. And, you know, I think that's why it's so important to have kind of these lists of places to go for Monday motivation or, you know, if you yeah. take, grab a book about what was to say, I will not live and live life. I, I, I love that. Love that concept of, you know, getting that information out there to be able to motivate people on these things that we think about, you know, and that really sometimes become worries if we're not sure kind of how to address how we're feeling about them. Right, right. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing that was the biggest game changer in my life. And this is so I read this in a book. I wish I could remember it. It's so weird because just like those two books, I can tell you the yeah. title and the author and all that stuff. And normally that's how I am with books. But for some reason, this one, I can't remember the author, which is weird to me. Um, but I read in a book back in 2010, it was um, talking about the importance of gratitude. And this author recommended, and I'm sharing this as a hot tip, as far as even though I still have work to do, I've come a long way and I know it's because of this single practice. And so long story short, since 2011, I have been writing down nightly on Facebook, no less. I don't recommend that for everybody, <laughs> but um, I have to take things to crazy town, I think. But um, I've been documenting on Facebook five things I'm grateful for every day. And I swear to God that has changed my life. The reason it has I'm sure some of your audience members have heard about RAS or the reticular activating system. And when we are focusing, well, what we focus on is what gets served up to us. So um, because the reticular activating system is an actual, I don't know what it is. I'm, so I'm going to say thing. It's, it's an actual thing in, in our brain that actually filters up to us um, the things that we need to be aware of. 
that is where that phenomenon of if you've been in the market for a new car and you want this yeah. new yellow you know truck or yeah. whatever and you never saw it before but all of a sudden you you've been researching it and all of a sudden it's everywhere yeah. and that's a great example about the reticular activating system at work because you have been putting attention to it your RAS is filtering that up to you. And the reason why our RAS is important is because there's so much stimuli going on at all times. And if we were aware of every single stimuli happening, it would just be too much. So the RAS reticular activating system is a real thing that serves a real purpose. So on that note, when I do my gratitude practice, I'm just solidifying my RAS. And one story to support how this gratitude practice since 2011 has supported me so well. Um, my dad, it'll be five years ago this January, he died of cancer. And of course, that's sad. It's devastating. It kind of came out of nowhere, that type of thing. But honest to goodness, during his passing and after his passing, I was able to truly look around and see all of the enormous things to be grateful for. You know, the only good thing about cancer is you have time to say goodbye. Well, I chose to focus on that. I had time to say goodbye mm -hmm. instead of seeing the deterioration of cancer. Um, you know, he died in his home on the family farm that we all grew up in uh, on. And that that is what he wanted. You know, that's yeah. a blessing. And by being able to really have this gratitude practice in, in all honesty and sincerity, like that's what I see. That allowed my mourning for my dad to be more present and softer and richer, gentler. You know what I mean? And, and that oh, just helped yeah. out tremendously. Yeah. And, and I think it, it's funny that you kind of mentioned, obviously, a very grief-stricken time, but the positives too there, because I've got a, a similar story with my grandparents. And, you know, when I even tell stories, you know, related to that and, you know, even the fact that honestly, that was a pivotal time and a big shift with my own mindset and everything. It was like a catalyst to that, that kind of forced me to have to dig even deeper than I had ever dug before. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful for that time, which sounds weird. Um, but I'm thankful for the journey that I had to go on during that time. And I get some strange looks when I tell that story. And obviously, if I had to choose, I would definitely want my grandparents with me again. But the, what I'm explaining from that is the fact that even during some horrible times, it was there was such a blessing that came from it that my life is in some ways so much better. And, you know, I look at it as a way of um, kind of focusing on that. That was her, her gift to me was yeah. that, you know, her passing as sad as I was kind of forced me to deal with some of the stuff that I'd only surface level dealt with because the rest of it just kept shoving it. You know how we do sometimes, right? Yeah. <laughs> we shove it away. I was forced to have to uncover all of that stuff that I never wanted to deal with because it was bubbling up to the surface because I was full. I couldn't, I couldn't take it anymore. You know, and I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that, you know, they come to this mindset journey, not by choice <laughs> completely. Right. Right. We'll, we'll end up coming there because it's like, we can't, figure out what we need to do. We've, we know something has to be done, but we're not sure what. And a lot of times that will be from something that is very grief stricken. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that story. Cause it's, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a hard time, but yeah, to be able to find that blessing in there is, is such, uh, it's so beautiful. It, it really is. Now I, I know I feel like I could just keep 
talking and talking forever, but we've been on here for a little bit and I know my team will be like, all right, that was a little long that time. So I'm gonna start wrapping this up. I do wanna make sure that people are able to find how to connect with you. Um, we did mention, you know, a couple of things, but not specifically. So I wanted you to kind of throw out there where they can, you know, find all things Connie. Oh, well, thank you so much for that. So really probably my website, which is Connie Joe Holmes and Joe is spelled the female version. So it's J-O-C-O-N-N-I-E-J-O-H-O-L-M-E-S. And on there, you know, I offer quite a few, um, you know, retreats and workshops live and um, virtual as well. And at the bottom, oh gosh, I'm terribly sorry. I just hit my oh, microphone. You're good. Yeah. At the bottom of um, on, on my footnote, I have all my social media channels. So if you click on that, that's where you can find my YouTube channel and different things like that. And so that's a place where you can see me, find me. I do, um, I, I do have an offer today. Um, okay. when yeah, it's because part of my so so my company where I see you know clients is with BU to be full hypnosis and coaching, but because I was able to turn my side hustle into my successful career, I was able to. Um, I actually want to help others do that because you you mentioned it yourself earlier just about it's about living now, right? Absolutely. You know, yes, money is great and a house and a car and all that kind of stuff that's beautiful, but it's at the end of the day it's about living, and I have found such freedom and peace and fulfillment and having this business. And so I actually um, just very recently created a second company, if you will, and it's called uh, the Coaching Compass Academy. And with that, um, I, I have an ebook that's going out and I'm actually putting the finishing touches quite honestly, this is how fresh it is, on um, a signature program called uh, The Same Thing. So uh, I would like to, you know, just let people know about that, that I do have that going on if anyone needs any help with turning a side hustle into a successful career. Well, I think there's a lot of people out there that will probably be interested in that. And if you're listening to this on the podcast platforms, you can actually find the links to these things in the show notes. We'll make sure and put those on there. If you're watching them live now, just check back on Tuesday. We will be dropping that onto the podcast and we'll put all the links available in the show notes and we're excited that you've joined us today connie uh for this episode it's been great like i said i feel like i could just keep talking, and talking. i know <laughs> but um all good things must come to an end sometimes so don't forget to subscribe and rate and review our podcast if you're listening on a podcast platform and if you're watching this live or watching the replay if you're watching the replay if you could do us a favor and just hashtag replay we're kind of getting curious on how many people are watching live versus replay and that would help us out a lot and until next time thank you so much for being the best part of successfully chaotic life is a winding road